Welcome to episode 209 of Stageworthy. I'm your host, Phil Rickaby. Stageworthy is a podcast about people in Canadian theatre featuring conversations with actors, directors, playwrights, and more. In this episode, I'll be talking to Colin Asuncion from the musical stage company's Uncovered, Stevie Wonder, and Prince. Next month, the amazing Eldritch Theatre is presenting the remount of The Harrowing of Brimstone McCready, which features Eldritch Theatre's artistic director Eric Wolf as Brimstone McCready as he brings to life the story of a two-bit conman in over his head against the dark spirits of the North in a tale of greed, horror, and grift. And you know what? I love this show. I loved this show the first time I saw it two years ago. And because I love this show, I have teamed up with Eldritch Theatre to offer you a pair of tickets to the opening night of the show on November the 14th, 2019 at the Red Sandcastle Theatre in Toronto. To get the tickets, just tweet or tag Stageworthy and tell me what monster will be your downfall in the imaginary horror movie that you star in. We will keep the contest running until November the 1st, and you can find Stageworthy on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at StageworthyPod, and you can find the website at StageworthyPodcast.com. And if you want to drop me a line, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Phil Rickaby, and my website is philrickaby.com. And for those of you who don't win, you can still get a sweet discount on tickets by using the promo code STAGEWORTHY, all one word, when you buy tickets to the harrowing of Brimstone McCready at eldritchtheater.ca. As I mentioned, my guest this week is Colin Asuncion. Colin is an actor, singer, and by day, he is a marketing manager. He's also currently appearing on season three of CBC's The Great Cooking Show. Colin appears in the musical stage company's Uncovered, Stevie Wonder and Prince at Kerner Hall at the Talos Center for Performance and Learning from November 4th to 7th, and the George Weston Recital Hall at the Toronto Center for the Arts November 8th and 9th. The show that we're going to be talking about is yeah. Uncovered, Stevie Wonder, and Prince? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And you're singing in the show? I am singing in the show. Are you singing particular roles, or are you singing, like... I it... am... Mm-hmm. So it's it's still changing. Mm-hmm. Um, so as of mm-hmm. now, I'm only on Stevie Wonder tracks, mm-hmm. Okay. Think. <laughs> but I was just added to another track mm-hmm. yesterday, and it might be a Prince song. I mm-hmm. have to check. <laughs> but, Yeah. What is, I mean, what is the, unco- like, how does, what is, what is uh, Uncovered? So it is, so the musical stage company, they put on this concert every year. It's their mm-hmm. signature, it's their flagship concert. And they take the music of one or two, or I think up to three mm-hmm. artists, prolific music artists, mm-hmm. and they reimagine that music. And it, just like the title suggests, they cover that <clears> music, <throat> but they also uncover new, new narratives mm-hmm. from the songs okay. that people know and love. Mm-hmm. And so it's sort of a... They are covers, but they're really, they're um, reimagined mm. performances of these songs. Hmm. Did you, I mean, uh, Prince and Stevie Wonder seem like very different artists to mm-hmm. cover, but I mean, again, are they? Because can you say that Prince had one genre? No. No. You know, and, and I and think, um, <coughs> I think they were chosen. I mean, I don't, I don't know why mm. they were chosen exactly, but I think that the two had an interesting working relationship, mm-hmm. which the show will also reveal. Mm. And I think that is why they've, they've been juxtaposed in this production, mm-hmm. uh, which is, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. And also, I mean, their music 
it's not that it's <clears throat> like it's very complimentary. Mm-hmm. I find they work really well together. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I mean it, it's interesting because you know we think you know the Prince as an artist, he may be gone, but it's like he recorded so much that we yeah. haven't even heard yet. There's still unearthing like recordings that he made. Exactly. Um, and and also sometimes we don't even realize the songs that he wrote for other people. Yes, and that's something that I that struck me with with <clears throat> the, the songs that I am on, mm-hmm. as well as some of the tracks that I've heard from the other mm-hmm. artists who are performing. Um, songs that I didn't even know were Stevie Wonder. Right. Which is like a bit <laughs> shameful for me as a performer to not know. What was um, the biggest surprise for you? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> also, I, this is awful. This is yeah. awful. I um, I I sometimes just know the songs and I don't know the titles, mm. or I'll know the lines. Like where um, I'm on a track. I'm on I wish, mm-hmm. and I just didn't know that was the title of that song. But the thing you is know? that like these songs are like the songs of Stevie Wonder. They are so ingrained into yes, the culture now. Exactly. That like you could be forgiven for not knowing the title I, because of I course you so. would know <laughs> you would know the song because yeah. it's been it's been it's been heard on the radio it's yeah. been covered it's been all these all mm-hmm. these things yeah exactly yeah um, do you have a favorite Stevie Wonder song I do mm-hmm. it's um, it's superstition <clears throat> okay and I'm actually performing that okay so I don't know if I'm allowed to reveal that but oh well oh well <laughs> you just did you just did spoiler we'll, we'll, we'll I'm singing superstition <laughs> what um, is it about superstition that that you love. I mean, I, it's sort of a selfish answer. I just love singing it. <laughs> it just feels so good to perform. Yeah. It's so right. fun. Mm. It's so um, there's so much room for um, for for uh, reimagining it, and mm. and and, um, and there's a lot of room for riffing. And I riff, <laughs> so that's really that's really satisfying to sure. to sink my teeth into. Mm. And um, yeah, it's just it's kind of eerie. Mm. Like if you really mm-hmm. unpack the lyrics, it's a little it's a little spooky. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to give too much away, but we're sort of taking that direction with, with my performance mm. of the song for the concert. So, mm. yeah, it really excites me. I love that song. I've sung that before. I've sang it. Oh, this was <coughs> the first concert, or the first solo cabaret I ever did, which uh-huh. was in 2014. That was the first track that I sang, actually. Okay. So, it has Did you have a theme for your cabaret? Um, my first cabaret? No, I did not have it. Oh, it was just like a collection it was of just, songs? Yeah, it was okay. just like Colin in Concert. Mm-hmm. Um, and I generally, I enjoy those types of shows mm-hmm. where I can just be myself and tell some stories, mm-hmm. but not necessarily have a through line or not sure. necessarily have a theme. Mm-hmm. Um, I have done, I did one show with a theme. It was a Valentine's Day show. Okay. So they were all, it was all love songs yeah. or, um, or songs related to love or mm-hmm. breakups and, and matters of the heart. And I found that actually really hard to put together. I found it really, <laughs> really, <clears throat> really difficult to work within those parameters that I had set for myself. Right. Um, so generally I prefer more, more loosey goosey. Cabaret I don't think you need like a, a, a dramaturg for your, for a cabaret yeah. to be like, all right, here's, here's the theme. Let's, let's find some songs that are along that, that mm-hmm. theme. And do you like these songs? Yeah. yeah. Cause I think for a cabaret, especially it's important to have a, a particular relationship with the song that you're singing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Rather than just like this song this makes my voice song. sound good. Exactly. <clears throat> Yeah, absolutely. Um, when did you start getting involved? Like, what was your first memory of theater? Do you remember? I started theater when I was in university. Um, I didn't <clears throat> study theater. Mm-hmm. I, um, I I studied music. I went to mm-hmm. St. Michael's Choir School in mm-hmm. Toronto from from grade three onwards. So I have like a pretty extensive um, extensive vocal experience, mm-hmm. but I had never hit the stage <clears throat> acting. 
And then, but I've always loved musical theater mm-hmm. um, since I was a kid. And in 2008, I, was it 2008? We'll call it two. Yeah, it was 2008. I was in third year university at U of T mm-hmm. and I auditioned for a production of Grease and I got mm-hmm. it and I thought, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to do it, but mm-hmm. you know, I love musicals. Mm-hmm. I might as well mm-hmm. give it a shot. And then ever since then, I've been performing nonstop. What was the role that you played in Greece? I played Roger, okay. which is not okay. a role that many people know because he's only, not in the movie. Only people who've done the play know yes, who Roger is. Exactly. So in the movie, I think, oh God, I don't even know what his name is, but he has this amazing song called mm-hmm. Mooning, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which was, it's a killer song. It's so fun. Yeah. Um, it also feels really good to sing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, when I tell people that I played Roger in, in Greece, they're like, oh, great. Good, good. Yeah, no, I don't not know. Not very impressive. No, yeah. because, because so many people know the John Travolta yeah. thing. And, but exactly. anybody who's done, who did like Greece in their high school or yeah. in university, they're going to know it. Exactly, you know? that's true. That's what that's what I know. We did yeah. it in our in our high school. Okay, were you so in it? I was in it. I was Duty, 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 and Roger Rabadi. That's right. That's right. That was that was uh, yeah. That was a that was a fun show. Um, it is fun. It it's has terrible good. messages. It's not a show oh, wait, that we should it be. Does. It's not a show that we should be it doing does. in high school. But because it's, it's like the fifties, oh it's like oh, it's okay to do for kids. It's like, listen, if you just change who you are. Yeah, change who you are. Yeah. Don't worry about teen pregnancy because yeah. it'll probably just work out. Yeah, and um, <laughs> you know, treat treat women poorly, and <clears throat> and that will probably also turn out well. For that will you. turn out well for just you. Yes, awful. Yeah. So awful many terrible messages. messages. Yeah. Not very modern. No, but you know, but you know, that's a lot of musical theater. I hate to say they that. are. I mean, <laughs> like archaic musical. They theater. are Not a. Sort of like a snapshot of their time, right? Yeah. Oh, you know? absolutely. Like if you look at if you look at anything goes, which is a, you know had a revival relatively recently. Yeah. There's some problematic racist mm-hmm. shit in that. Um, but you know it is it is a a a snapshot of its time. It is. Even though I think that either remove that racist shit or don't do the show, mm-hmm. but also it's yeah. <clears throat> it's hard because you know, these the songs are standards and. And, you know, yeah. the, the old folks love it. I had this conversation with with a with a theater creator recently mm-hmm. about Miss Saigon, and how and this <laughs> this creator is of the stance that Miss Saigon should no longer be performed. Mm. And we had this really great conversation about it. And, I, and he opened my eyes to different different mm. um, themes and issues of representation that I hadn't considered. Yeah, when when talk, because that show. So I'm Filipino, and yeah. that show is iconic for Filipinos because so many Filipino <clears throat> performers get to perform. Yes. And perform as Asians mm-hmm. on stage, which you don't get to see quite often. No. Um, but, but that's problematic too, because, you know, you get a whole bunch of Filipinos performing as a, a, yeah. another race. Yeah. It's written more, it's by more, a different race, you know. Yeah, it's more, it's more of a, it's more of a, let's have a, let's have a, let's have a, an Asian pastiche yeah. in the show. Yeah. And you have the problem of the fact that the, the, the lead role of the, what, what do they call him? The Barker? The, the, the guy that like, was played by a white guy in yellow face. Yes, you know, which, which is the like, engineer. Yes, yeah. Which is like problems, problems, so, problems. Pro- so many problems. Just awful. So many problems. <laughs> I've auditioned for that role before. I didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think. Fortunately, they don't cast white guys in that role anymore. No, which no, is they, thank goodness for that. Also, yeah. um, for the king and I, they no longer cast white guys in that. Oh, which that's is great. Thank goodness. Yeah. But like, honestly, honestly. Yeah. Um, you said that you loved musicals as a kid. Yes. What was, do you remember what the first, what was your gateway soundtrack album to musicals? Okay. Do you remember? Uh, yeah. It was Les Mis. Okay. It was okay. definitely Les Mis. 
Um, I remember, I think it must have been the 10th anniversary concert production, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which was like always on TVO. Or it just seemed like it was always on TVO yep. because perhaps my parents had just taped it <laughs> and then we just watched it all. So I was like, oh, this is always on TV. Fantastic. Yeah. So I grew up listening to that, mm-hmm. uh, to that original cast album quite a lot. Um, and that, I mean, it was all the shows from the 80s and 90s. So mm-hmm. Miss Saigon, <coughs> the, the mega musicals, Miss mm-hmm. Saigon, Phantom, Les mm-hmm. Mis. Mm-hmm. Um, the first stage show I ever saw was Crazy for You, and I okay. loved it. Hmm. And then the second show I saw was Cats, and mm. I hated it. What did, what, curiously, what, <laughs> what, what did you hate about Cats? I, I was young. I didn't really, you know, <clears throat> I didn't have a mature palate for yeah. theater. But I remember coming out at intermission and wondering, what's it about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, what's the point? <laughs> These are these are excellent questions about you know, cats. I, I, I don't want to I don't want to poo poo cats as as a whole because I I think it does have some artistic merit. As an adult, I mm. can, I can see some artistic merit, but it's just it's not really my cup of tea. No, but I mean I'm more of a dog person. I mean there there's that there, the dogs do not come off well in that show and as yeah. it is. But it's it's such a it is because I remember going to see that in its original run at the Elgin Theater, mm-hmm. yeah. and I was totally into it. But then as year time goes on. I'm like, there's not a whole lot, a lot to that show. So I read, just, um, yeah, yeah, I read a, I think it was a funny <clears throat> meme or some someone wrote something really funny about cats, and they said, the cats is a bunch of cats introducing themselves, and then the old cat gets permission to die. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yes, that was a pretty perfect That's, summary. That is that is essentially yeah. uh, the entire show. That's it. Can't wait yeah. to see the movie. Can't wait. Are with you their, excited? With their strange human teeth and noses. Yeah, yeah real that's weird. Just I, I think I'm just gonna skip it. I think I'm. Yeah. I've I've seen it. Right. I yeah. Don't really need to see it again. <laughs> that's what a lot of people have said about the 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 most recent iteration of the Lion King. Mm-hmm. That you know, if you see the preview, you've seen all that that has to offer as a new piece of art. Oh well, I mean, they didn't do. I mean, I, everything that I've heard is like they didn't really do anything to improve on. Oh. No, the Lion King movie. No, they got Beyonce. Yeah, but that's she just sounded I mean, like. But Beyonce. that's I love Beyonce. You just get Beyonce. Yeah, yeah. They did. A, I so have you seen it? No, I haven't you, because okay. I I heard so many things about it. I was like, I don't yeah. even know if I want to spend money on that. I think um, so. I, I I saw it with with a very good friend of mine mm-hmm. and uh, my best friend actually, and he said after um, Circle of Life, which mm-hmm. is like the, the first yeah the first sequence of the movie, he said, you know. I should have left at that point because that's what you get. You get all the beauty and wonder mm-hmm. of the CGI and this recreation of, of this iconic mm. scene. And that's all you really need. You don't need to see these characters play out every single scene yeah. okay, over and over again, no. but with like more detail and more fur. Um, but also with less facial expression because no facial expression. since they are, since we're, we're, we're trying to be realistic. Yeah. Now lions can't frown. No. Certainly can. Yeah. I mean, I've never seen a lion. Oh, I mean, yeah, I don't think I've seen a lion like close up in person. No, but so, I don't think I mean, they, they certainly can't smile. No, they, can, they, they don't have the range of 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 visual yeah. emotion that they have. In the they have like version. resting lion face. Yes, or like yes. angry or lion angry face. lion face. Those are really the two. You're right. Yeah. You're right. And I mean, <laughs> I think that that if anything was going to improve on the original, the stage mm-hmm. play, because they were mm-hmm. able to introduce so much. So much artistry, so much artistry to it, and you it know? became more of a more of an allegory. It mm-hmm. became more of a it was it was just more of an artful presentation of that story. Mm-hmm. 
Like you really saw the Hamlet connections yes, in the yeah, stage show. Yeah. Whereas the the new movie, it's just you know, it's it's like Planet Earth with with a great new Beyonce song, which I love. Yeah. Um, but it's also strange to um, imagine Nala <clears throat> riffing. I think mm. animals shouldn't riff. No, probably not. No. Yeah. That that's that's weird. That's to me. that's strange. that's more unnatural than an animal frown. <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess it is. I mean, animals talking. I mean, that's yeah, that's, that's odd too. It's, animal realistic animal. It's one thing to have like animated animals talking. Yeah. We're used to that, but realistic animals, I think. Yeah. Do you remember the movie from the nineties, Homeward Bound? I, I recall it, but I didn't okay. see. Okay, I love that. Movie. Okay, that was okay. the movie yeah. of my childhood. And well, those was... those animals talk, but if I'm remembering correctly, <clears throat> they don't move their mouths. You just hear the voice. You hear and the you voice. Just see yeah. the dog's face. Yeah, because... it's like they're psychically speaking. Yeah, you're you're hearing animal body language. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that was. I mean, maybe that was a symptom of not having sophisticated CGI Absolutely. at that point. Absolutely. But yeah. you know, we had Jurassic Park <clears throat> yeah. that, during those years as well, which was like... which is surprisingly not as much CGI as you think. Actually, true. There are a lot of there's a lot of a lot people of in suits, and, which you don't even yeah. think of when you're watching it. But true. Yeah. Um, we've 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 we've, we've veered, veered we've veered, but that's off okay. track. I was about to bring up <coughs> season one of Stranger Things versus season two and three because of the CGI, mm-hmm. but we can talk about we can that talk about offline. that. That's, that's definitely that's definitely less theater <laughs> okay. than, than yeah, anything else. True. But but um, so so like Les Mis was your oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, Les Mis was my gateway. Absolutely. Do you do you remember? So do you remember because you were watching the concert? Yes. version do you remember when you saw the full version i did i i don't remember the year mm-hmm. but colm wilkinson reprised the role <laughs> of jean jean valjean and um i i don't i i want to say that must have been before 2000 mm. so it was definitely in the 90s and um i i remember loving it i mm. also remember that they had cannons or at least cannon sound effects in the house, mm. and they were so loud and startling that they they really shook me. Yeah. <laughs> I remember being really upset about it. I remember yeah. like jumping in my chair. Um, but but yeah, I saw a lot of those eighties nineties mega mm. musicals when when because I worked at the Royal Alex during the original run okay. of the uh, of Les Mis uh, okay. there. And there was a, actually a guy in the scaffold. He was usually would operate one of the spotlights, but he oh. was also a guy who fired a ri- the 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 rifle. Maybe that was it. <clears throat> Maybe it was a rifle. And because it's not, again, it's that thing about theater, right? It's not a sound effect. Mm-hmm. There's the difference between a sound effect and that it's like coming from right there. Yeah, and it feels so so real that yeah. that's one of those like audiences that are like, oh my god. Yeah, and and also it's a real it's a real um, jolt for the audience because. There's not a lot of that throughout the whole show, mm-hmm. so you're not expecting an immersive experience. That's right. Yeah. So when that does happen, it really um, it breaks the fourth wall just yeah. for that moment, and it, it brings you on stage. Yes, and then yeah. it's gone. But then you're a little bit on edge because you don't know if it's gonna happen again. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't love jolt scares. I don't love horror. No. I'm not no. a huge fan. I'm not. A, I'm not a huge horror fan. I don't enjoy yeah. the the like the old slasher movies. I was never. Yeah, not for Never me. really get through those. Yeah. Um, I was more of a, like, if psychological thriller, maybe, but not like, here's a guy who's going to murder everybody, yeah, you know, not, not, not into that. Oh, I mean, some horror musicals I can sort of get behind, mm-hmm. like Sweeney Todd, I'm into it. Is Sweeney Todd a horror musical? I think it is. Okay. I mean, there is, he is killing so many people. It's true. <laughs> but I think. And it's spooky. Mm-hmm. 
And one of the, the I think one of the differences for me is mm-hmm. unlike a slasher movie mm-hmm. where people are running away from the killer in Sweeney Todd, you're basically with him the entire time and rooting for him yeah. until almost the end, which is like when you're like, oh yeah, I was rooting for this guy. Maybe that's bad. Yeah, you we know, were be- we were all rooting for yeah. you. Sweeney. You become complicit in what he's doing, <laughs> and it's not until yeah. the end that you're like, oh, that was maybe bad. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the same thing with Little Shop of Horrors, you know, Seymour. It's like, you know, I love you, buddy. Mm -hmm. I get it. I get it. You haven't had the best life. Mm -hmm. But is this the path you want to take? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 At least in the movie, there's more of a more of a happy ending. There's a happy ending. There is a happy ending in the movie, which which is not what you get in the theater. Have you seen the alternate endings of the movie? Haven't. One of them is the same as the stage show. Yes. Just jarring. I, so mm. I hadn't seen the stage mm. show. Uh, I, I just hadn't seen it until mm. I saw the most recent Stratford production, mm-hmm. which was fantastic. Um, and then mm. I, I didn't know how it was going to end because I hadn't like revisited it before. <laughs> right, it was, right, right. And then I saw. I was like, "Oh my god, that's yeah, the yeah. ending!" Mm-hmm. And the closing number is hysterically. Fun. Oh sure, yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it's it's. And I feel the same way about um, the Rocky Horror Show. Like that's the ending. Mm-hmm. That's. Okay. But that All ending right. is, is, I mean, that's still the, the movie. If you saw the movie, you get basically yes. the same yeah. ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's, it's like, yes, that's the ending, you know? Yeah, but it's odd. Jennifer Walls was in here a little while ago. Oh, she yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah, directed yeah. the, uh, the Hart House yeah, production. Yeah. And she was like, I think I found the movie that, uh, that Richard O'Brien watched oh. a bunch of times beforehand because it's like very similar to the oh, story. Really? What was the movie? I don't remember the name. Oh, of okay, I have to listen I'll back to the episode. Her. But it's like she saw this. She was watching this movie. She's like, "That's it. That's it. That's where he ripped off the story huh. from." <laughs> and it, but it's a certain type of of fifties movie for like it's like there's got to be a moral to it. And you yeah, know, it's like you know you fell off the path and now everything is you know, yeah. the ending is not is not awesome. <clears throat> that that show is so strange. One of the <laughs> most energetic first acts of yeah. any show that I have ever, and I've seen it a few times. Yeah, um, and it's there's like nothing, nothing like it because yeah. that first half is just like song after song after song after song. Yeah, and you get introduced to so many different characters. Like every song is like introducing yeah. a new character, and then Act Two is like, oh, this is this is weird. Yeah, this is. Uh, different pace and mm-hmm. just different it is very choices. much a different pace yeah, it is very different it's, but it's, it's like odd. the first half is like that's party time and the yeah. second half is like not so much party yeah. time so I saw the Hard House production <clears throat> and yeah. I loved it I mean yeah. I had so many friends and it yeah. was great I love theater in Toronto because if you're in the theater community and you go see a show you're gonna know at least a handful of people sure. in it yeah. or at least in the crowd so when I saw it, it was just like a reunion. It felt like a yeah. Statler's reunion. Yeah. That's what it felt like. And it was great fun. I, um, I thought it was, I thought it was, I, like the, the, I loved the design because it was unique, but also, yeah. um, no, there was nothing in it that was, um, that you didn't expect because you yeah, can go, true. the first production I ever saw the Rocky Horror Show, um, had Juan Kioran as, as Frankenfurter okay. many, many years ago. And it went so, off the like, and they were like, we can't. The movie doesn't exist, and so they were okay. like, the time warp didn't even have a jump to the left. Like it didn't even have the steps, oh. even though they said it. It was so okay, they were so yeah. concerned with with like making people think of the movie. Yeah, and you can go way that way. Yeah, <clears throat> but this was like very much like it was unique, but also 
but gives still you gives you the essence exactly. of Rocky. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's the key to to a lot of these shows mm. that are already so iconic. Like you got to keep them fresh, but you yeah. got to still give people the story. You got to give people. If you don't give people the chance to shout shit at Rocky, oh, then yeah. then you are not. You don't know your audience. Yeah, and also if you're saying step to the left and you're not stepping yeah. to the left, then, like, exactly. Then, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't make. It doesn't sense. make any sense at all. I was in a student production of Rocky Horror, and we, uh, I played Riff Raff, and we, um, <coughs> our time warp was not the original choreography, mm-hmm. and I remember there was a bit of an audience upset because mm-hmm. we didn't do a pelvic thrust. Mm-hmm. We did something else. I can't remember the, the choreo, but we did something else with our pelvises, mm-hmm. but it wasn't thrust, and people yeah. were like, but you said pelvic thrust, and... Nobody thrust. Where was where was that that student production? You it was at UT. It was at Vic College. Mm-hmm. It was at it was actually at Vic Chapel. Ooh, yeah. really? Yeah, it was a huh. it was a crazy production. Hmm. It was weird. Hmm. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> I I mean I also I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm vocally suited to that part because it goes maybe like an octave higher than my natural range. Yeah, so there's a yeah. lot of opting down, which isn't as satisfying for no. for audience's ears. No. So, but it was great fun. Yeah. I mean, you get to do a lot of things that you wouldn't actually be cast in professional productions mm-hmm. when you do student. Theater. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that is. I mean, theater school is all about that. Like, yeah. I played true. old men in, in, in a lot of okay, times, and yeah. I was like in my twenties. You know, that's the kind of thing yeah. that you do. <laughs> Because they don't actually have old men in mm-hmm. the school. So I mean, and I did a, speaking of age, mm. I did a hard house production of Into the Woods, mm-hmm. and I played Jack, who's like, in my head, like 13, 14. Yeah, yeah. And at the time, I think I was 27. Yeah. And I was one of the oldest people in the cast. <laughs> like, the person playing my mom was like three or four years younger yeah. than me. Right. It was hysterical. Yeah. It was great. Where did you grow up? I grew up here. I grew up in. in well, I grew up. I grew up in Toronto. I grew okay. up in Scarborough. Okay. Yeah. <coughs> but I went to school downtown. So I went to St. Michael's Choir School, like mm-hmm. I mentioned before. Um, so it's so funny. I consider Scarborough as the place where I slept and ate, but I grew up like by the Eden Center. Right. Yeah. Um, which is weird. Like when I think of all my childhood friends, like they're from all over the city, yeah. and, and like very few of them are, are from Scarborough. Yeah. It's it's kind of weird. That's the thing when you commute. Yeah. Well, I mean, also like. I guess when they're from all over, where do you converge? The Eden Center. Yeah, yeah. Which is not. Yeah. Which is so, the Eden Center really was, like, <laughs> that's where I really grew up. Like, <laughs> that's just where I would hang out. And when I tell people from 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 outside of the city, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, you know, I was just hanging out at the Eden Center during lunch hour. They're like, that's weird. Like, as a kid? No. I'm like, yeah. yeah. I, I actually, when I was OG growing up, rap. people would be like, yeah, where are you going? Oh, Saturday, I'm going to the mall. Yeah, yeah. You just go and you hang at the mall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Security guards hated you, but you just hung out at the mall. Where else are you going to You can't drink. You can't, can't go, go to a bar. Else. What else are you going to do? Yeah. yeah. Go to the mall. Go yeah. to a movie and hang out at the, hang at the mall. Whatever. Yeah. In my adult life, I've really come to appreciate malls more. Okay. Like there was, a, I guess during during university, I kind of stepped away from the mall life. Yeah. But now I'm, I'm right back in there. Yeah. I mean. I, I love a mall. Yeah. I mean, there are good malls. There's some good. There's yeah. some sad malls, but there's. Some good I malls. love the sad malls too. <laughs> Dufferin Mall. Oh yeah. Dufferin Mall is not as sad I, as, as as it used to be. It used that's to be a true. very sad mall. Yeah. 
It used to be very sad. That's true. It's it's gotten a little bit uh, a little fancier. Yeah, there's a mall out in in Hamilton. I did the Hamilton Fringe a few years ago. Oh, okay. Like the very sad mall there. Oh, what's it's it called? Like, um, it's not Jackson Square, but it's like onto okay. Jackson Square, and you go through there, and you're like, oh, there used to be a food court here. <laughs> it's like, like there's like there's like one stall open, and somebody's no. like you know boiling hot dogs or something like that. It's like delicious. It's, it's a sad mall. Okay. It's a sad yeah, mall. I can't say I want to go there. No, I I don't. <laughs> I don't recommend it. Sorry, okay. Hamilton. Um. <laughs> Oh, but um, when you, I mean, you said like when you, you got, did your first show in university, but you mm-hmm. weren't studying theater, mm-hmm. what were you going to be? Where did you go to university? Oh, for? okay. So, so this, yeah, this is a great question. I, um, <laughs> in school, I, in my first year, I was in life sciences because I wanted to be a doctor. Okay. Because I'm Asian. <laughs> And then at the, I'd say the halfway point through that year, I was like, mm, I don't think I'm good at this. <laughs> so then I changed majors to English and political science, mm-hmm. which I studied um, for the rest of my okay. undergrad. Mm-hmm. And then um, after I graduated, I did a certificate in publicity and PR, mm-hmm. which is it leads into my current career, which is marketing. So right. um, I've been a marketer for over six years now. And theater and music has always been... Like more than a hobby, it's and more than a side hustle. Mm-hmm. It's just like my other life. Yeah. And so, like in the theater world, we talk about muggles, like non-artists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I always <clears> say that <throat> I'm I'm sort of a mudblood. Yeah. Because you're like straddling both worlds. I'm straddling yeah. both worlds, yeah, yeah. and and like, but neither of them. It's strange. Like I don't want to say neither one of them takes precedence, but it's not like. I'm an artist and my day job is my Joe job. Like, mm. no, that's actually my career that I studied. Yeah. But also I did study music and I've yeah. been performing for several years too. So I have this sort of double life. It's interesting because I have, I have, you know, I have my day job and I do, I do theater stuff in the, in, yeah. in, in the after hours. Mm-hmm. And for me, when people say, what do you do? I always say I'm a writer and performer. I okay. don't say that I do tech support. It's okay. Like, if you're like, but what do you do? And like, yeah. you know, that, that's when I sort of like mm. cop to it. Um, but it's because I've, I've watched people fall out of the arts world into mm-hmm. their corporate world by yeah. not partitioning their lives, which mm-hmm. can be a difficult thing to do. And like feeling like, oh, uh, they, I like an email could come in, I should answer it. And then next thing you know, they'd never stop being in the corporate world and mm-hmm. they sort of lose their, their artistic selves. Yeah. <clears throat> so. Yeah. It's it's one of those like I've carved out this 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 space where it's like when I leave work we're done unless there's yeah. an emergency then you could call yeah. but like not just because somebody sent an email mm-hmm. yeah you know did you have you have you ever found one taking more than the other I find I guess I, I mean in terms of hours in the day <clears throat> and hours in uh, waking hours mm-hmm. like I do spend more time yeah. at in in my marketing job mm-hmm. um, but. I don't know. I, I find I have a good a good balance, at least right now in my life. I've been mm-hmm. so lucky in that when I do have artistic opportunities, I'm able to take time off right. off of work to go to go do that. Um yeah, so it really I like when I when I people ask me what I do, I say, you know, I work in marketing mm-hmm. and I'm also a singer and performer. Right. Um and yeah, it's just interesting. A lot of people have, have difficulty like reconciling the two. They're like, oh well one must be more important than the other or 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 what have you, but yeah, they're really pretty equal. It is. Life. It is. That's that's pretty rare, though, and it's yeah. it's difficult to keep that to keep that balance. Yeah, and know? and there are time. There are ebbs <clears throat> and flows, of course. Mm-hmm. Like, for yeah. example, I um, I hadn't acted in two years. Mm-hmm. I was doing. I was doing. Um, I was singing and doing cabaret, but I hadn't 
performed a raw <coughs> acted and play our music <coughs> for two years. And then I just um I did a workshop this past spring and it was the first time I had you know inhabited a character. <coughs> And it felt so great. And, yeah. it, and it sort of reminded me like, oh, this is something that I used to do really regularly. Yeah. yeah. And, and I do want to keep doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess music has sort of taken more, sure. more of a leading role yeah. in my life as opposed to acting. Are, and, and, but are you, you're part of the singular sensations group or the Statler's I'm crowd? I'm part of, I, yes. Yeah. I, uh, I was more. The former pr- Statler's crowd? Or the, yeah, yeah. I used to go mm-hmm. more when it was at Statler's. Mm-hmm. And now that it's shifted towards 120, I, yeah. I go a little bit less, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did go, um, I guess it was maybe a couple months ago and there were so many fresh faces mm. and I didn't know anybody there. Like I, I like all the people who were maybe like 30 plus yeah. were by the bar and I'm like, look at all these young kids. Look yeah. at all, look at all these children. <laughs> they don't know how lucky they are to have this space. Right. Like they just, this was a given to them. Um, but yeah, it made me feel real old yeah. and I'm not old, we'll do that. but, uh, when I see people younger than me, I, um, it gives me pause. What do you pause yeah. about? Like, what do you, what do you like? like? Wow, I, I'm not in my early twenties anymore. <laughs> when I see teenagers, yeah. I'm like, you're a fetus. Yeah, no. Do you I, know how yeah, to no. read <laughs> and write? How are you upright? Like, yeah. it's just shocking to me because yeah. I, it, it's like, and I guess when you look remotely youthful. And because I'm Asian, I, I recognize that I'm, I, I look younger than, right. I, at least I think, or I've been told I look younger than I am. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking like, oh, you know, I could play a teenager on mm-hmm. stage. Mm-hmm. I could play a college kid on TV. And then I look at real teenagers and real college kids. I'm like, oh, oh, that's what they look like. Yeah, but they would never cast a, a real teenager. No, like, no, they, definitely they, they, you know, they, Absolutely like, not. We were talking about Greece. The cast yeah. of Greece were like in their 30s. <laughs> yeah. Oh, true. When they were in that, like. Those those guys yeah. they were nowhere they had not seen a high school in twenty years. That's, you know, yeah, it's like that's very true. But you know, I mean, a lot of times when, when they're casting those roles, they're they just want star power. They also want people who are talented. Also, gonna show like know what they're doing. They don't want yes, somebody who's true. like mm-hmm. who's like in high school because they don't know what they're yes. doing. Yeah. yeah, and that's somebody <laughs> said. I can't remember. It was another actor. They said, you know, be, looking young is so valuable mm-hmm. when you're an actor because. You can play the younger roles better than someone who is actually young. Well, that's because you have the life experience, you have the skills, and yeah, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, I I get that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, back to back to Stevie Wonder and and Prince. (laughs) Um, when you were when you were growing up, did you have uh like a musical relationship with? Like, we know about Superstition, but what about mm-hmm. Prince? Did you have, like, a... I... So, Stevie Wonder and Prince, mm-hmm. I sort of discovered later in my life. In mm-hmm. my early <laughs> musical influences were a lot... I mean, it was it was boy bands, it mm-hmm. was girl groups, yep. it was just a lot of 90s pop. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, yeah. Destiny's Child, Britney, yeah. Christina, Ricky Martin. Like, you know, yeah, just yeah, that yeah. real 90s pop. Very 90s, that yeah. was That was yeah. my musical upbringing, okay. really. And then musical theater right. as well. So yeah. it was very, really gay. I was just <laughs> listening to super gay music. Um, yeah, but then Prince and Stevie Wonder, again, later in life. Although Stevie Wonder, <clears throat> I think, like, that was just always in the background. I just didn't know that that was Stevie Wonder. Do you know what I mean? Because like, Stevie Wonder, will pop, well, Stevie Wonder would pop up, like, yeah. out of nowhere. You would, like... Suddenly, like, listening to the Rent soundtrack, the original yeah. cast of Rent, and then you get to the end, and there's, like, Stevie Wonder on that song, uh, on uh, on uh, uh, Seasons of Love, at the end of the uh, the cast recording. 
I didn't know you that. You didn't know that? And I'm a rent head. Oh Apparently I'm not really a rent head. I didn't oh, that know that. Just, yeah, you get to the end and they, when they do their, they do a special recording of, uh, of oh. Seasons of Love. Stevie Wonder's on there. Oh, it's him playing the harmonica and stuff and he's singing the song. And yeah. Stevie Wonder also appeared at the <clears throat> end of some Disney movie. Oh God, what was it? It wasn't very good. <clears throat> um, was it the Goofy movie? Maybe. And he just kind of appears. Yeah. I'm like, oh. It was it was NSYNC and Stevie Wonder. Yeah. And I, I only know this song because I had to sing it in a concert once. <clears throat> and, yeah, I don't know. It's but something like, about love, yeah, you know. But, I mean, Stevie would pop up. Like, yeah, out of oh, nowhere. Absolutely. You yeah. know? Um, and, and, and Prince would, like, suddenly be like, this, there's something, somebody else be singing a song. Like, there's something, something about this song that sounds yeah. not like that guy. Yeah. Something about this, <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. Like when when uh, uh, Sinead O'Connor is singing "Nothing Compares to You," the mm-hmm. only real hint that it's written by Prince mm-hmm. is that it uses the word the letter "U" instead right. of in the title. Yeah, but I mean, then you find out later, and you're like, "Of course, that's Prince." Yeah, yeah, you know. And that's the thing. Like I, again, like when we were in rehearsals and we were we would just like go through the catalog. <clears throat> um, I, I would just. Again, it was surprising. I'm like, oh yeah, that's a Prince of that's mm-hmm. a Stevie Wonder sign. And it's yeah. just like their music is so iconic, and it's just it's everywhere. Yeah. Um, and I'm really excited for people to see and hear the way they were reimagining the music mm-hmm. because it's really, it's 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 sort of like what we talked about with Rocky Horror. Yeah. You know, like we're giving you the essence of the song, mm-hmm. but we're giving you a fresh take. Right. Which is you know that's why people come to this concert. Sure. It's not like anyone can just. Listen to the original tracks, and they're they're beautiful and they're iconic. But people come to this concert to be to be wowed and to um, experience it in in a new way. But I think that is the mark of a good cover. True is that is that the artist or the the group putting like doing the song puts their own stamp on the cover. Because yeah. if they're just going to recreate the original, we can just what's the point? To that. Yes, exactly. And um, when I was in in theater in university, I was in um, what was it? I can't remember the musical, mm. the musical, but the director said, "Listen." You need to be like 150%. You need to give 150%. You need to bring something new and something fresh because if I wanted to watch the movie, I could just watch the movie. Yeah. You know, you need to give something different. Yeah. And that always stayed with me. Yeah. So, and I sing a lot of covers in my life, in my own mm. cabarets, or I'm in a band and we sing a lot of covers. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's important to put your stamp on as an artist. Absolutely. If you didn't write the music, like, you got to do something creative exactly. to, to bring some of yourself to Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I have, a, I, 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 have, I collect like awesome covers. Okay. And for me, it's always like, did they, did, did the artist doing this cover put their own stamp on this mm-hmm. song? And if they didn't, yeah. I'm like, this is just a shit cover. Mm-hmm. Do something, do something interesting. Yeah. So, something, yeah. 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 Otherwise from. it's just karaoke. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And we can get that at a, at some bar somewhere. Yeah, exactly. On Saturday night, you know, do you like karaoke? Uh, no, neither do I'm not, I. It's not a thing for me. Um, part of it is that. like I know some people really thrive in that. Yeah. But I always feel like there's two kinds of people who go who end up doing karaoke. You've got yeah. a person who's like they're there every week. They've got a great voice, and this is where they're a star. Yes. And you've got the person who's so drunk that no matter what, that song is not going to sound good. Yeah. And I I don't <coughs> I don't really want to hear either of those. People. <laughs> Which is terrible because the person who goes every weekend is amazing, like good for you and stuff. Yeah. But I just yeah I just don't love karaoke. No, and it's it's fine. I I um I met a bunch of new people this this past spring season doing a project, and and they were non performers, yeah. and they said like, oh, Colin, you're a singer. We got to take you to karaoke. And I was like, I'd rather die. <laughs> I don't I don't yeah. want to do that. And they're like, why? And I'm like, it's just like mm. like it. I, 
it's like going to a rehearsal, but I'm not getting paid. Yeah. Like, yeah. which is like an awful thing to say. But it's just, I mean, it's just like, it's, it's yeah. just like an, un, yeah. It's, now, there are these, there are these, these, you, know, you get like, it's a room and there's a small group of people there. And then it's yeah. just a bunch of friends. I, yeah. can, I can get behind that. Like the private room karaoke. The private room karaoke. Yeah. I can kind of get behind that if you get the right group of people. Yeah, yeah. But like, because then you'll be like, this song is so yeah. stupid. I'm going to try doing this. You yeah. Know, just like playing around a bit. Which you wouldn't do in like a karaoke bar yes, sort of thing. Exactly. It's just too much. It's just too yeah. much. <clears throat> now, if if you can, like in a room where there's like occasionally I'll hear about yeah they they do karaoke but with a live band I might get into that because okay. then it's like there's something interesting about that. That I call an open mic. Yes, because that's yes. Statler's, you know, it, yeah. or or a singular sensation, you know, and that's that's different. That's live mm. performance and and again like that's that's an opportunity to do more of a re- reinterpreted cover mm-hmm. as opposed to just. Singing to a track. Yeah. Singing yeah. to a track makes me nervous, too, because if you veer off track... Oh, I know. I know. So it's, back. It, it's so much stressful about a karaoke yeah. bar. It's just like... And I have, I have... I know some people who are, like, totally into it. They're like, it's a karaoke night. Yeah. I'm like, bye. See you later. See no, I went you. once and I spent no the whole gracias. time. It was like, "What are you going to say?" I'm like, yeah, like oh, I know, and then there's the it's pressure. Like, like the what pressure are you like, what's this say? song? Like, what? Okay, and you're so looking through the catalog it. and you're yeah. like, "Oh my god, I like hate all of these songs." Yeah. <laughs> like all of these songs are from. <laughs> they don't have a song newer than five, maybe seven years ago, yeah. and those songs aren't retro. Or but, sometimes, like, like there's songs that I'd be like, "Oh yeah, I would do this song," but yeah. there's no way that any karaoke bar has would have it. Yeah, yeah. What is so? What's your go-to karaoke song if you have to go? Gun to your head. Okay. You're coming to karaoke. What are you singing? Um, I'm probably going to sing a Violent Femme song. I'm probably going to sing okay. uh, Add It Up if they have it. Okay, um, great. So that one, or, or I don't know that song. I, I have. It's the 80s. <laughs> okay. I've also done uh, Squirrel Nut Zippers uh, do a song called Hell. Okay, I'm also not again. Familiar. It's like it's oh like God. again. It's like I I don't want to do like the song that is like yeah. I don't want to do like a song that everybody knows because Sweet Caroline. Nobody yeah, wants that. Nobody that. actually. Wants nobody that. actually wants that. They just want to get everybody just wants to go ba ba ba. At the I don't even want to do that. No. I just I want to eat my burger and leave. Well, that's the best. Like, if, and I usually do. Well, I mean, that's, like, that's oh, the they didn't come in yet. Oh, it's oh, a work night. Like, See yeah. you later. I mean, that is the advantage of of like having like a day job. Yes. you could be like, oh, guys, oh my gosh. really late. I gotta go. I do that all the time. So my, my, my <laughs> friend Kevin, who I perform with all the time, <laughs> he said, oh, he gave me the best compliment, which I think is such a funny thing. He's like, Colin. You're so good at leaving. <laughs> I'm like, really? What do you mean? He's like, when you want to leave, you just leave. Yeah. And I think it's, I should put that on my resume. You know it's what? My That's special skills. I have another podcast, which is for introverts. And we call, okay. We call, we call it like the Irish goodbye. You show up to oh, a party. Yeah. You say hello. Bounce. You say hello. You make sure they know yeah, that you yeah. were there. And when it's time to go, you just, you just leave. go. I love it. Just like, don't make a big deal out of it. I and everybody that. knows you were there. Anybody see yeah. you go? They're probably not going to make a big deal about it. But if you yeah. say goodbye, we're just going, no, don't go. Exactly. you got to say goodbye to so many exactly. people. Like, go. I don't want that. No. You know, no. I'm just like, see, I got work in the morning. <laughs> I got bills to pay. Yeah. I have a whole other career. There see you, you know. later. I got to wake up early. Morning comes yeah. early, you guys. Yeah. I got to go. Exactly. Yeah. Got to get my at least six hours of sleep. Yeah. It's not enough. What um, about this show... Um, scares you. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Hmm. There's a few things. Mm. Um, just the, the caliber of performers mm-hmm. scares me. Okay. Like I, I'm, I feel really fortunate to have been chosen to be in this concert. Mm-hmm. 
I get to sing with Julie Black, with Divine Brown, with oh Tom Allison. Like, oh my God. These are really, these are names that I've known for a long time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I never thought I would share a stage with them. Actually, actually, fun fact. When I was at the choir school, I think we sang with Julie Black once. <laughs> like in the early 2000s. I don't know what, my friend, I told my friends like, oh, I'm in this concert, I get to sing with Julie Black. They're like, oh, do you remember when we all sang with Julie Black? And I was like, no. <laughs> like, yeah, we had that choir gig where we sang backup for her. I'm like, I have no recollection. No, yeah. I believe that it happened. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, the caliber of talent is just is through the roof. It's mm. insane. So I feel really scared and intimidated mm. to, to, mm. to be to be singing with them. So that's definitely one thing that scares me. And then also, like the the challenge of covering music but creating something new, mm. but like what we've been talking about yeah. this whole time, like cre- keep maintaining the essence of the song but still being unique and fresh. Like that's it's a lot of pressure. It's, yeah. it's um it's hard. It's not easy. No, it's um, it's not like you know playing a role where all the lines are listed for you and you can you do the same thing every night. Like no, it's um, you really are a collaborator in the process. Now, are you guys creating these covers in rehearsal, or are they already arranged and done? Are you guys like working? Is it collaboration in it the room? Is. Oh, it is. It is collaborative, awesome. and that's something that I didn't. <clears throat> like I, I, I was briefed on that. That you know the process. Um, uh, Reza, who's our music director, he is really collaborative in his mm. room, but I didn't know to what extent. Yeah. And um, yeah, th- the first rehearsal I had with him and and the group, it was a group number. Um, he always said like, you know, if you have an offer, just put it on the table, mm. and if we like it, we'll keep it, and we'll just work on this together. Like this really mm. is um, a collaborative effort, and mm. that's really exciting to me. Yeah. Um, because because I I mean. I, I do have a lot of ideas and yeah. um, it's nice to know that they're valued and that they, some of them will see the light of day. So it's yeah. really, it's quite cool. It's great. Yeah. It's great. It's not karaoke. That's no, for sure. that's for sure. Yeah. Cause no, <laughs> nobody likes karaoke. I mean, people no, like And there are no lyric prompts for us. No. <laughs> We're off no. book. You have to be. <laughs> the whole you time. Have to be. Can you believe? Thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun. This is great. This has been a Homebody Productions production.